This is the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. We are a church passionate about encountering Jesus and sharing his love with our city. To find out more about who we are, visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk. that you guys have got so much of my voice this morning. Unfortunately, Matt was meant to be service leading this morning, but he is um, isolating with COVID, um, as a few of our others are. So I'm so grateful to people who stepped up on team today to cover some of the gaps. Um, But we are continuing our series today, looking at the life of David. Um, And so the title of our series is Becoming. And we're really looking at the story of David and how he's gone from humble shepherd to um, king of Israel to a man known as someone after God's heart. And so we're studying a little bit more detail the, the journey and the life of David. You know, sadly, a truth in our life is that we rarely get to live our lives continuously on mountaintop moments. Do you know what I mean by that? We don't get to live on a continual high. Often, unfortunately, in life, there are ups and there are downs. Despite what perhaps some of our Instagram stories and Instagram grids might tell people, that's the highlight reel often, isn't it? But actually, life is filled with ups and downs. You know, no matter who we are, there are times when we have to face challenges. There are times when we have to stand in the face of anxiety and stress, perhaps relational breakdown, just generally things in life not going the way that we think they should. I think it's probably part of our humanness, our brokenness, being part of a a broken world. And today as we continue looking at the life of David, we see this as a real truth in David's life. So what started on a high has now unfortunately come to a bit more of a low in the life of David. And so we begin to see that actually he is human after all. And so we're going to be looking specifically at 1 Samuel 21 to 22. Um, I'm not going to read through it all. It's two very long chapters, um, but I would really encourage you to have a look and to read through it for yourselves. Um, And we'll just summarize um, a little bit of the story. But after such a promising start with David, we come to a part in the story where things seem to be going wrong. And Stephen alluded to that last week, as uh, Saul has now become jealous of David, he's attempted to kill David, and we join David now where he is living life on the run. David's gone from favor with the king to being the number one enemy of the king, and his life seems to be unraveling in this few chapters in quite a significant way. David began by being so powerfully used by God, but in these chapters we see a David whose faith is beginning to be shaken. And I think actually for lots of us we can empathize with David. I'm sure we've all been through points in our lives where it's felt like our faith has been shaken, when life hasn't quite gone the way that we thought it should or expected it to. Perhaps we've dealt with disappointment. You know, God uses these chapters in the Bible to also encourage us and to show us the human side of David and how he meets David in the midst of this place of challenge. And so the title of today's message is When the Going Gets Tough. I wonder if anyone, when you have been driving a car, if you've ever noticed one of the warning lights pop on. What do you do when a warning light comes on in your car? 
Unfortunately for me in my last car, when this warning light popped on, I just decided to ignore it. And over the space of a few months, this light seemed to be coming and going. And to be honest, I had no idea what it was exactly this symbol was meaning. I wasn't married to a mechanic at that point, and so I didn't have that expertise to know what was going on with my car. And in my general busyness of life, I just left it. Until one day in December, when I was heading up to do some Christmas shopping, steam began to pour out from underneath the bonnet of my car. The next thing I had to do was pull into a petrol station and the car was completely broken down. And so then I had to phone my dad, I had to get rescued. And as he took the car to the garage, I was then informed that my head gasket cylinder had blown. Um, and so at the time I didn't know what that was, but it turned out to be quite a significant part of the car. I've got a few nods here. And because I'd left it and it had blown, it had also damaged the engine. And so it was a very expensive um, repair that was required. <laughs> you know, I've been so busy and I had just chosen to ignore that warning lights. Warning lights come on for a reason, don't they? <laughs> they come on to alert us to the fact that something isn't right. And when a warning light comes on, we need to pay attention. We need to take heed. It's time to take that car to the garage um, and, and get a checkup. You know, I think we see some warning lights coming on here. David in these chapters is on the verge of a spiritual breakdown. And there's some real clues to this as we study these chapters. And so that's what I wanted to look at a little bit further. You know, what are some of the warning lights that we're seeing in David's life that kind of allude to the fact that he needs to pay attention to his soul, that all is not well with David? The first warning light that we see in this couple of chapters is that David's faith has began to falter. Early in the story of David, he seems to have this incredible, unshakable faith in God. That's what marks his life. It's his unshakable faith in God. You know, to the point that he would risk his life over and over again in the face of animals that attacked sheep and ultimately in the face of a giant. We saw that a few weeks ago in the story of David and Goliath. David's life is marked by tremendous faith. But following Saul's attempt to kill him, throwing a javelin at him just while he was doing his job, following being chased out of the palace, having to leave his home, and now he's living on the run. Following, following him losing his best friend, Jonathan, David is completely alone. And what we see in these chapters is how his faith is faltering. David's lost favor. He's lost his job. He's lost his wife. And under this amount of strain, we see his faith beginning to buckle. David is human, after all. In chapter 21, we see David come into Ahimelech, the priest of God, looking for help. And at first glance, it looks like David has done the right thing. I mean, when you're in that amount of trouble, surely it makes sense to go to the house of God. That seems like a good idea. But instead of praying and asking God to help and to provide for him, David takes things into his own hands. And when Ahimelech questions David about why he's there alone, he lies about being on a mission for the king. Ahimelech, the priest, feeds him, but as a result of this, when this gets back to Saul, Saul's angry. He sees this as a betrayal, and ultimately, it costs Ahimelech his life. See, David's sin had weighty consequences. He's choosing in these moments to operate in his own strength rather than seeking God. His faith is faltering. He's forgotten about God's promises towards him. You know, I'm sure for all of us, we've had moments when we felt our faith falter. Perhaps when the reality of the situations that surround us become greater than the reality of God's promises over us. 
It's easy in those moments to find our faith faltering. But it's a warning light. All is not well with our souls. It's time that we need to pay attention if we're in those moments. And God, I just pray this morning for any of us that our faith is faltering, that God, you'd strengthen us. The second warning light that we see in this chapter is how David allows fear to fester. Fear begins to fester in David. Again, isn't this so contradictory to the character of David that we've been introduced to? He's a man of great bravery and courage. And David, after his encounter with Ahimelech, he leaves the house of God and he instead goes to the king of Gath. Now, Gath is a place that's in, within the Philistine territory. And so this looks like a move of desperation. David's gone from the house of God to the king of his enemies. He's not been led by God. But as he goes to the place of his enemies, instead of security, he finds fear as he realizes that the king knows exactly who he is. And in verse 12, it says how he took these words to heart and was very much afraid of the king of Gath. So fear rises up in David. And what we see in that story is how fear leads David to do some crazy things. In fact, not just crazy things, but to act crazy. That's what we see in this chapter. I think there's truth in that, that sometimes when fear sets in, that can cause us to do crazy things. David has completely lost sight of God's promises. He's listening to the voices of his enemies around him rather than God. And I've got a wee a sort of equation here um, just up on the screen. David is listening to false words. His heart is weak, is failing, and as a result, he is filled with fear. You know, I know we've talked about this before, but we need to be so careful what we pay attention to, what voices we give airtime to in our minds. David's faltering faith had him go into enemy territory, and he, as a result, he paid attention to the fear that surrounded him. He's not focused on God. He's not focused on God's word and his promises over his life. See, God's faithfulness hasn't changed. God's goodness hasn't changed. But it's David that's chosen to move himself away from God. It's David who's chosen to give airtime to the lies rather than the truth. And so the challenge for that is, what are we giving our time and attention to? What are we giving airtime to in our minds? You know, are we pursuing and focused on the promises of God, on his goodness and his faithfulness? Or is fear creeping in you know we're so blessed to have the book of the bible aren't we that we can open it we can read god's word we can read his promises but it's up to us to choose to do that it's up to us to take that time to really focus on his word and so if we move on to the next slide we see this is the antidote that actually when we take fact that is truth that is the word of god when we add it to our faith that's when we live in our right feeling. That's when we can truly live in the truth. That's how, when it affects how we behave in a positive way. It's insane that David goes on to pretend that he's insane. And it's a huge warning light. Something's not right here. Fear leads to foolishness. And that's what we see in the life of David in these chapters. And all of us can be a few steps away from craziness when we lose sight of God and what he's saying over us. And then finally, the final warning light that we see in these couple of chapters is how David ends up all alone. Finally, we see David back on the run, how he ends up now in a cave. 
You know, I think this symbolically represents David hitting rock bottom. He is isolated and completely alone, and he's been on quite the journey. Go to the next slide. So we've got seen David go from being a humble shepherd in the fields, where he was anointed as king. Then he moved to the palace as a national hero serving King Saul. And then he ends up on the run, running for his life as Israel's most wanted. He becomes a madman in Gath. And now we have this moment where he is all alone, isolated in the cave. I wonder what goes through David's mind as he sits alone in that cave. No one around him. Isn't it so often the place the enemy wants to get the children of God is to feel isolated and alone, out of the game? You know, the enemy's tactics aren't new, and often it's in these moments that he chooses to come and and speak lies over our lives. He wants to take us away from community. He wants to take us away from voices that might be speaking wisdom into our lives. Away from community that might help us get back on our feet again. Away from voices of correction that might help straighten out some of the lies that we believe in and paying attention to. And instead, the enemy comes and says things like, you're a failure. There's nothing left for you. God's forgotten about you. You'll never amount to anything. You've ruined your chance. Or perhaps even what's the point in even trying anymore? The enemy looks to prowl around with these lies and to hit us when we're low, hit us when we're at rock bottom. But the cave goes on to mark a turning point for David. As the theologian Chuck Swindle says, just because you're in a cave doesn't mean it's curtains. And we see how David makes a choice not to listen to the lies, not to wallow in his circumstances, but instead he uses this moment to begin to minister to the Lord and to change the situation, to shake himself out of the spiritual funk that he's got himself into and to start again. And we see that in scripture. We see that when we look at the Psalms. And if you've got a Bible or you're on your Bible on the phone, if you, sw- if you flick to Psalm chapter 34, and we're just going to read this together. And in your Bible, you probably have the introduction that's written at the top of the Psalm that says, of David, when he pretended to be insane before Abimelech, who drove him away and he left. And so the likelihood is that this was a Psalm that was written in that cave moment. This was probably written at the lowest of the low. And what we see is David declaring the goodness of God, of David making a decision to stir his faith again. And so I'm just going to read this over as it's such a good psalm. I think it's one that we can come back to again and again when we feel in that place of spiritual isolation or if we feel low. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. That's so significant here. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. The poor man called and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. And it goes on. And verse 18 I love as well. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. You know, David's encountered God in that cave. 
David's chosen to worship God in that cave. He's chosen to stir his faith and declare the truth of who God is over his circumstances. As, in, as you read that psalm, you can literally feel the change in David's heart as he declares truth against perhaps some of the lies that he's been believing. He has a new revelation of who God is. He's met God in the lowest of the low in his moment, and you can feel the realness of it as you read through that psalm. And so this psalm is a great one for us when we feel perhaps in a similar place. And so the cave now becomes the turning point. And in chapter 22, verse 1, we see how it says his father's household comes to find him and to strengthen him. So David now moves from isolation back into community again. And not only into community, but also into leadership. And we see in verse 2 that it says um, that God, that uh, where are we? We begin to see how God draws men to David. It says 400 men who were in distress or in debt or discontent all came and began to gather around David. See, David's experience of what he's been through and his decision to put his faith truly back in God, despite the circumstances, allows him to move from isolation to community to leadership. Leadership of 400 men. And it's his experiences that are enabling him to teach these men how to grow in God, how to strengthen themselves in the Lord. Because if we look forward in the story, we know that these 400 men who were debt-riddled, discontent, would one day go on to be called David's mighty men. And I love that. I love that. See, we are never down and out in God no matter what our circumstances may be. Even if our faith falters, our fear festers, even if it feels like we're all alone, when we choose to come to him, when we choose to declare his goodness and invite him into every area of our lives, he will pick us up. He will use us and he will orchestrate a new beginning. Amen. Let's pray together. And I might ask Ellie to, to come back. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Father, I just want to thank you for this word of encouragement to us this morning. That, Father, we are never down and out. We are never out of the running, out of the race with you. And, Father, I just pray for us this morning. I pray wherever we are in our journeys with you. Maybe we're on the mountaintops. Maybe we're in the valley. Lord, we just invite you to come. Father, would we fix our eyes on you? Would we fix our eyes on the truth of what you are saying to each of us? For those of us who are feeling weak this morning, would you meet us? Would you strengthen us? Would you lift us up? Thank you, Lord. Amen. We're just going to continue to to worship this morning and just have a bit of time. If you feel you maybe need some prayer this morning, if you'd like someone to, to stand with you and just pray into a situation, or maybe you just want to have time before God on your own, then it's okay to do that too. And yeah, God, we just give you this song. We give you this time to just minister to our hearts. Thanks for listening to the Sterling Vineyard Sunday podcast. 
If you want to get in touch with us, please visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk or find us on social media at Sterling Vineyard Church. <laughs>